0: Hello, my gardening friends, and welcome back to the Just Grow Something podcast. This Focal Point Friday, we are going to talk all about bugs. Insect identification in your garden can actually be really important, and this episode was... Inspired by a question that was asked in the Just Grow Something Gardening Friends Facebook group by Elise. And she was looking for help in identif- uh, identifying an insect that she found in her garden. And it was something that I had never seen before. And it was something she had never seen before. And so we both found the answer to what it was that was plaguing her tomatoes. I thought it might be a good idea to help you all figure out the basics behind identifying what is in your garden. And maybe not even just in your garden, but also what has maybe invaded your house um, or that you might find when you're out for a walk or you're out playing with the kids or the grandkids in the yard. It's it's good to know what is in your area and what it is that you're dealing with, whether it is a friend or a foe. But it's particularly important when you are in the garden to know what it is that you are seeing, whether or not it is detrimental to what it is that you're trying to grow, or whether or not maybe it is a beneficial that is either pollinating for you or maybe taking care of other insect pests that might be plaguing your garden. So we are going to dig into this week's topic, insect identification. So really quickly, what are we talking about when we're saying bugs or insects? Okay, technically, when I say bug or I say insect, I'm actually including all four major groups of the arthropods. So that includes insects, myriapods, which are like your centipedes or your millipedes, arachnids, which are your spiders and your mites and your scorpions and the like, and then also crustaceans. And we usually think about crustaceans as being like lobsters or crabs or prawns, but there are also little buggies um, in and around the gardens that uh, actually fall into that um, group of arthropods. So when I say insect or when I say bug, Um, I'm using that interchangeably, and I'm sure that I have some entomology friends that are probably just like having a heart attack over that. But in layman's terms, what I'm referring to is any any member of those arthropods. But usually, the things that we have problems identifying fall into the insect category. So if we hearken back to elementary school, what is an insect, you know, the class of insecta uh, identifying something as being an insect, usually they've got three pairs of legs, three body regions, the, the head, the thorax, and the abdomen. Oftentimes they have one or two pairs of wings, but there are classes um, or orders of insects that do not have wings, and generally a pair of antennae. Um, very rarely um, will there be antennae absent Um, in an insect. Now that's not to say that it always has antenna because another difficult part of identifying insects um, is determining whether or not it's a juvenile or an adult because oftentimes the juvenile stage of an insect um, often looks completely different from uh, what the adult looks like. I mean, take ladybug, for example. You know, a ladybug larva looks like this sort of black and orange striped little, I don't know, dragon character. (laughs) Um, And it looks nothing like what a ladybug looks like when it finally is mature. If you didn't know any better, you would think that it was something that was damaging your plants and you would want to get rid of it, not realizing that it actually is a beneficial predaceous insect that is really good in your garden. So uh, it's a little bit more difficult to determine whether or not something is is an insect if you're seeing it in its juvenile stage. So just keep that in mind. So insects are actually just kind of remarkable. They occur almost Everywhere and make up more than half of all the living things on this planet. So, of course, they play a really significant role in the world of nature. They affect us directly and indirectly. And it's kind of difficult to really know always what it is that you're looking at because there are several hundred thousand different kinds of insects and they occur in almost every type of habitat. So, Because they're so small in most instances, it can also be very difficult to identify them because a lot of the ways that we use to identify insects, to positively identify them, is through their different parts. Um, It's it's not really fundamentally different from identifying birds or from identifying a certain plant. It's, It's a matter of knowing what to look for and what differentiates one from another. In North America alone, there are like 88,000 species of insects. And so it's, it's really difficult to really nail them down. But if you can at least get into the sort of order or family that the insect belongs to, uh, it'll make it easier for you to be able to um, do a search using some very specific information to be able to narrow down your search a little bit and identify what it is that you are seeing. So, what basic information should you take note of when you are trying to identify an insect? The first thing is to sort of look around and take note of where you found it. The habitat that an insect lives in can really narrow down what it is that you found. Now, obviously, right now we're talking about identifying insects in the garden as it pertains to our gardens. But it, you know, you, it may not always be that it's in your garden. It may be something that has invaded your house that you want to know about, or something that's in your yard where your kids or your grandkids are playing and you want to make sure that it's safe. So the more details you record about where you found it, the better. So if it's in your garden, where in the garden Um, was it on top of a log was it under a rock or under the mulch? Was it actually on the plant? Where on the plant? Was it on a leaf? Was it on the underside of the leaf or on top of the leaf? Was it on the stem? What type of plant was it on to begin with? Was it in a group or was it individually by itself? Um, if it was in a group, was it with a, a group of like members similar to it? Or was it with a mixed, a mixed company of other different insects? These are all things that are really important to note when you're trying to, to narrow down um, maybe what family this plant or this plant, what may, what family this insect belongs to. The second thing to take note of is what time of day it is. Um, different insects are acti- active at different times of the day. So note whether it's morning or afternoon or evening or overnight. And if you can, note About how long it is out. So if you go out in the morning when you leave for work and you see this thing sort of flying around and then you come home in the evening and you see this thing is still flying around, okay, well, it's likely that it has been flying around all day versus something that just comes out at dusk or is usually out only at night. So butterflies, for instance, I mean, they're usually out flying around during the day, but moths usually only come out at night this can be a significant difference between whether or not you're dealing with something like, you know, a, a cabbage butterfly, right? Because it's not a, it's not a moth. It's a butterfly, the cabbage butterfly that lays a specific, um, a specific type of larva that, okay, eats your brassicas, (laughs) Um, or if it is a moth, something like a sphinx moth that is out that um, very well may lead to um, tomato hornworms. So those types of differentiations um, will help you also in figuring out what it is that you are seeing. Now, one of the major identifiers um, in the insect kingdom um, is its wings. And now I have a Peterson Field Guide to Insects. And if you're not familiar with the Peterson Field Guides, they have a slew of different guides to identifying all kinds of things from birds um, to, and actually mostly it was birds. I mean, they have a huge slew number of, a huge slew number, they have a huge number of birding books um, specific to different regions uh, of the world and then also broken down into, you know, hawks or hummingbirds or um, Western birds, Uh, just tons and tons of resources. But they also have ones that have to do with fish, uh, specifically for butterflies, um, different things in different forests, medicinal plants and herbs, all kinds of different guides. And they are very, very specific and likely this field guide to insects is overkill for the layman who is just in their garden wanting to figure out what is this bug that's on my plant. But the cool thing about the Peterson field guides is that in the front and the back of the guide, it asks very specific questions in a pictured key that kind of leads you through to find the order of insects that your insect belongs to. And so, one of the things that it starts with is not only whether or not the insect has wings, um, but what type of wings they have. So, the more detail that you can provide, the better. You know, if are they they big, obvious wings that are always kind of sticking out? Um, do they have membranes? Um, are they fuzzy? Um, are they sort of closed up over top of the body? Um, are they, you know, do they have some hard and leathery ones that are maybe hiding some other ones underneath, or do they not have wings at all? And there is, um, a, a whole slew of, um, orders of insects that do not have wings in in any instance and you'll be able to identify them that way as well. so you know the the more detail you can observe the better now obviously again if it, it, this is not going to be super easy unless this insect, especially if it's a flying insect, is actually sitting still for you and allowing you to observe it, or if you're not the squeamish type and it is docile enough, you know, putting it in in your hand and allowing it to kind of sit there so you can get a closer look at it. Or if you happen to find a dead specimen and you're able to really take a look at it. If that's the case, you're actually kind of lucky because you can get a whole lot more detail about the abdomen and you know, the legs and, and all kinds of things that would really help you identify this thing. But if you're just kind of casually looking as much detail as possible um, about the wings. The next thing you also want to record is uh, the colors. You know, most insects have at least two colors. Uh, There's usually a main color and then a secondary color. So identify the main color um, and then the secondary color and any additional colors that might be there and whether or not there are any distinctive markings. So if it has stripes or it has spots uh, or what color those stripes or those spots are, where they're located on the body, those types of things are all gonna help you in identifying what this insect is. I'd like to thank my patrons over on Patreon for supporting this and every episode of this podcast. Patrons of this show get access to exclusive content on the Patreon page, bonus hotshot episodes, monthly live Q&A sessions with me, Just Grow Something merchandise, and more. But above all, they get my undying gratitude for helping make this podcast possible and helping me reach for bigger goals like stipends for guests, improved software and equipment, bonus content, and more. If you'd like to support the show by becoming a patron and also receive my undying gratitude, head over to patreon.com slash just grow something or use the link in the show notes. You've heard me talk about First Saturday Lime, the environmentally friendly alternative to pesticides that we use on our farm. We use it everywhere in the gardens, in the chicken coops, in the pig pastures and around the outside of our home. First Saturday Lime created a non-caustic formula that is tough on bugs, but totally safe for humans and pets. And now, as a listener of the Just Grow Something podcast, First Saturday Lime can be your favorite natural pest control, too. You can save 20% off your first order by using the code JUSTGROW at checkout at firstsaturdaylime.com. It's a super strong formula derived from eco-friendly products, and it's so effective, I have a 20-pound bag delivered every month to use on the first Saturday. Go to firstsaturdaylime.com and use code JUST GROW for 20% off your first order. Okay, so once you have sort of taken note of where you found the insect and you've figured out what time of day it was out and whether or not it has wings and any identifying characteristics of those wings, and then we've looked at the different colors of the insects and uh, whether or not it has any remarkable markings on it, then you want to kind of see whether or not the insect has antenna. Now, in most instances, if you're looking at an actual insect, it's going to have antennae. Um, if it's not an insect and it's in one of those other arthropod groups that I talked about, that's going to be sort of an identifier there that will lead you in a different direction. Um, If it does have antennae, you wanna note um, the size, the shape, the color. Are they short and spiky? Are they long? Are they sort of curved back on top of the body? Do they seem like they have um, little clubs at the end of them? Do they look like they have little spikes coming off of them? There are a ton of different types of antenna that insects can have. And that type of antenna, that descriptor, can actually be a really good identifier in helping you to narrow down at least what order or family they are in, um, but then also to, you know, determine the difference between maybe a grasshopper and a cricket um, or, you know, a scorpion fly or or another type of fly. So um, antenna identification is actually a, another really good thing to to note. Now, one last thing to observe um, that would be really helpful in in helping to identify uh, this insect that you're seeing that may be a bit more difficult to see is going to be uh, its mouth parts. So some insects have what we call uh, biting, chewing mouth parts. They, they have movable jaws. So you can see that the mouth is opening and closing. Um, a lot of the time it's easier, it's easy to see whether or not they have this type of mouth part. If you find them on a plant in your garden and it's actively chewing on something, that tells you it has one of those biting, chewing mouth parts, a movable jaw. Those types of insects generally are either plant eaters or they're predaceous and will eat smaller insects. And then you have other insects that have straw-like mouth components or these um, sucking mouth parts um, that they use to suck their food up. In most instances, um, these ones are going to be plant feeders, whether they're um, piercing um, the plant, or they are sort of uncurling this straw-like thing, and they're using it to pull up pollen, or not pollen, using it to pull up um, nectar, like a butterfly would. Um, and there are some that have these piercing parts that will use it to um, actually predate on on other insects. I mean, obviously, this is going to be a little bit easier to see if it's on a larger insect. It's really hard to see, you know, the mouths of these very small insects. Um, You know, but think about, you know, if you can't visualize what I'm talking about, think about an ant. You know, ants have these little mouth parts. They look sort of like pinchers. Uh, Same thing with grasshoppers. They have those jaws that open, you know, and then you have mosquitoes or bedbugs that have those kind of piercing straw-like mouths. And and those are the things that predate on us, which is always fun. (laughs) So once you have sort of written down all of these different observations, right? So let's review. You want to know um, where you found it, um, what type of day it was, whether or not it has wings and as many descriptions of the wings as possible, um, what the different colors uh, and patterns are of the insect whether it has antenna and what type of antenna it has and then what type of mouth parts it has. Then you can take that information and you have a lot more detail that you can plug into a search engine in order to be able to find what it is that you're looking for. Now you could just use good old Google and I have done this and the best way to do that is to really use as much of the description as possible. So let's say you, you, you're you seeing a wasp for the first time or a, a yellow jacket for the first time, right? You don't just want to type in flying yellow and black bug in Missouri, right? Because you are going to get um, all kinds of different you know things that pop up and it might be even remotely close to what it is that you're seeing. But if you say, you know, black and yellow striped insect because you've determined that it's an insect because you see that it's got the three different body parts and it's got the six legs um, with membranous wings and a straw-like mouth part um, with a stinger found, um, you know, coming from a ground nest in Missouri. Well, that's going to get you a lot more uh, closer to what it is that you're looking for. Now, if you really want to see or get better at this, um, there are a lot of different bug finder or insect identification tools and databases that you can go to online. And some of them are really good at just sort of walking you step by step through what um, what type of bug it is that you are looking at. In fact, one that I just found, which is really cool, it's insectidentification.org and it's their bug finder tool. And you can do it by state, you can do it by province. Um, you can, if you already know that it's like a type of a bee or it's a type of a beetle, you can click on that heading. But if you don't know anything about any of this, it actually has this really cool um, page that has the general shape of the bug and so it's got all these different silhouettes and you can look at the silhouettes and go well um, it sort of looks like that and you can click on it and it will take you to that particular group of, of insects and take you to search it. Um, It's got all the different types of moths, the different types of spiders, the different shapes of beetles and ants, um, the different, you know, silhouettes of of other bugs, dragonflies, um, centipedes, wasps, etc. It's it's really, really good at just sort of showing you a silhouette and going, ah, it's kind of close to that. Let me try that one. Um, Or you can just mark off the ones that it doesn't look like if it sort of looks similar to more than one. And once you get into that, that say you choose beetles, for example, it's gonna ask you the primary color, it's gonna ask you the secondary color, and then it's gonna ask you what state or territory it was found in. And then it will break it down into the you know nine or 12 or 15 different um, insects in your region uh, that look like that. It's a really good way to, uh, to sort of narrow things down on a lot of these sort of general um, insects that are available. Um, Other resources that you can use, um, your county extension offices, a lot of them um, have local resources or pages on their county extension website that will help with identifying local insects. Um, Your State Department of Conservation, I know in Missouri, we have a, a, a pretty good website with our... Department of Conservation that helps identify um, native insects, native birds, plants, all those types of things. And you can go in and you can do a search that way. Um, Any sort of land-grant university, um, they will also have um, usually insect identification. You know, University of Missouri, I know, has identification on their website. I know Cornell, I think, also usually has Um, some really good tools. Um, There are also entomology groups um, on Facebook and other social media platforms. There are insect identification pages in those. I belong to one on Facebook uh, called Ant Man's Hill. And there are professional entomologists in a lot of these Facebook groups where You can just take a picture and you can jump in the group and go, what is this? What am I looking at here? Um, And they they are really good at getting in there and going, oh, well, that's a such and such. And they will give you all the information about it that you need. It is really, really cool. Um, There are also a bunch of different websites and blogs, you know, iNaturalist, um, what's that bug, bugguide.net. There's a lot of different ones. And I will link to a bunch of these um, in the show notes to help you with a, a place to start. So, I think really what it comes down to is just collect as much information as you possibly can using those different categories that that I talked about, um, and that's going to put you on the right path to being able to identify what it is that is in your garden or in your yard and hopefully lead you to determining whether or not it is something that is good to have in your garden um, or if it is a pest that you have to worry about and whether or not that pest has any predators that you can go out and see if you can identify having those in your garden. So I hope this helps you um, get on the path to being able to identify that bug that is in your garden, that insect, that arthropod that is in your garden or in your yard or nature trail or wherever you happen to be. It's it's just a good um, information to have, and, uh, and I hope that this was helpful. Um, if you have a question about uh, an insect that you may have found in your garden, I can't guarantee that I or anybody else in the group are entomologists, um, but we might be able to help you and point you in the right direction if you jump into the Just Grow Something Gardening Friends Facebook group, um, like Elise did, and we got her an answer pretty quickly. So um, I hope you have a... fabulous week identifying insects in your garden and all kinds of other fun garden tasks. And I will have you back here again on Tuesday for another Garden Talk Tuesday. Have a great weekend, my friends. You've just listened to another episode of the Just Grow Something podcast. Don't forget to download the episode after you've listened. Rate and review us in your podcast player if that's an option. And follow us on Instagram at Just Podcast. All these things help gardeners like you find me and hopefully join the Just Grow Something family. Don't forget to send in those gardening questions through a voice message at the link in the show notes or via email to grow at com. Until next time, my gardening friends, keep on cultivating that dream garden and I will talk to you again soon.